Welcome in to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. Let's roll. to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show, a proud member of the Underdog Fantasy family. And remember, use promo code TRIPLE, just like what Raphael Fracal hit a lot of back in the day, and they're going to deposit your match up to $100. So, free money, right? Doc Hosting. David is busy having this thing called a life this week. I can't believe it. He- Boo. Yeah, yeah. And that booing you here, rightfully so, is from Marty Party. What's going on? What's up, brother? Hey, I'm glad. It's just the three of us. The uh, the kids are at play, so I'm excited for tonight's show. You said it. The three of us. It's like, that's how it was meant to be. And and the one giggling in the background with his arms crossed with a nice Andre Dawson jersey framed above him is Art Tornabeni, a.k.a. Little Cheesecake, the LC. LC, how's it going? It's going really well. You know, we started out the show and you, I wasn't sure if after the song played, if you were going to know how to get back to our faces, if we were just going to be doing the whole show with like, with like the background picture. And I was like, I was like, you know, we can see us now. Doc's in the doc's. Doc's sort of a pro at, the, at he's, this. He's, he's a pro. He's okay. A pro. Yeah, you All make right. it sound, you make it sound like I'm a novice. <laughs> he, he hosts like three different shows. Yeah, <laughs> just true. not anymore. That's true. <laughs> and we yeah. got our buddy Forrest checking in. Word up. No. Appreciate you joining, Forrest. Fellas, week seven coming up of the fantasy baseball season. We're almost like a fourth done. Can you believe how fast time has been flying? I cannot, but um, well, but at the exact same time, think about it. We still have june july august and september with these teams so it's that weird in between where i feel like we've accomplished a lot but there's so much still to go yeah now have you you settled into the grind yet or are you still is is a part of your body rejecting the grind of a full season because if it is shake that off you got you got this is a long way to go still you're you're right i that is has been i forgot to set my lineup again this week in tgfbi Uh which is the second time this season so yes, I have been, um, and I think the 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 grind of the season has caught up to me. But you're right; it is a long one, and you can't give up yet. Um, and there is so much content to to dissect. There's so many moves, and we're gonna start that out with our W O W players of the week. And first is Christopher Morell. This is somebody that we saw last year come up with the Cubs, made an impact, began the, this season in the minors, and then they just couldn't keep him down. The last two games, 500, 500, 1,000 triple slash, one home run, which is one more than Jose Abreu, three RBIs, two runs, two Ks, but a steal. But notably in the minors, he hit 330 with 11 homers and four steals. Um, but that K rate, that's at 30%. That's something what we saw last season after his hot start where he kind of then curtailed. But new season, are we seeing a new Christopher Morrell? I It looks different. The sample size that we have to go off of is really very small. So far, what we've seen is his contact rate is way up. Very small sample. His zone contact rate, 
way up. If you know, if you've done any sort of deep dive on Christopher Morrell, you know that his zone contact rate last year was the worst in all of baseball. This is what you want to keep an eye on him. If he can keep that zone contact rate uh, at a reasonable level, then you can get into these noisy, uh, these noisy tools that he has, and he has those tools. That exit velocity is darn near elite, and he has that great speed, and he plays third base, getting you that speed. So, if he can get to those tools, he's very valuable. I still think that it's up in the air whether this is going to hold, but um, keep an eye on that uh, zone contact rate. I mean, they really did force his hand. And Art, you bring up a, a good point that he's multi-position eligible. So, you know, if you've been decimated by injuries, he's somebody that you can plug and play at a couple positions. I believe he's outfield eligible as well. So um, definitely worth out there. I, I think 15 team leagues, you have to grab him. But if you're in a 10 or 12, are you rushing to get him? I <clears throat> It depends on if it's an OBP league or if strikeouts count against you. If strikeouts count against you, he's less valuable. He's he's one of these persons who's going to K a lot, 30% or more, and the walk rate's not going to offset it enough. But if it's uh, if it's an, a batting average league or something where uh, strikeouts don't count against you, one of those points league, I think he's a he's an easy pickup. Okay. I just want to add why. really quickly, if you play in Yahoo, second base, third base, shortstop, and outfield eligibility, and only 51% rostered, get them while you can. He is this generation's Marwin Gonzalez, the multi-position eligible god. But, Marty, I'm going to go to you for Ezekiel Duran, and maybe this was preview when we talked about all the Ezekiels last week. So over the last seven games, 250, 300, 357 triple slash, a homer, two RBIs, and five runs. Um, He does have seven Ks with zero walks and zero stolen bases. But over the past 17 games, I mean, that really hasn't mattered as he's hit 369, four homers, and two steals. The power speed we love to see. What do you think of Mr. Duran? So far, I mean, you got to be absolutely thrilled from what what you've got from him. Uh, XBA in the 87, 82nd percentile. Yeah, the 305 average, 340 OBP. You got gotcha, two stolen bases, four home runs already. I mean, at that um, Texas, I, I think Texas has been, I mean, this is why they paid so much money for all these different players. But, man, they're one of the best teams in baseball, and the offense is really starting to show it. So, Fire him up for right now. Absolutely. I don't think we've talked enough about how uh, Adolis Garcia, everybody thought was a one-year flash and is actually proven to be a great draft asset the past couple years because his price hasn't been that high. And he, I know the steals have been down this year, but the average is up and the power is still there. So yeah, He's one of those guys that like, this is his third year of doing it. And people still aren't believing it. I'm one of those people. I don't have any shares of him across the board. I don't think I've ever drafted him. I'm not against him, but yeah, same thing. I mean, max exit velocity, 97th percentile. He barrels the ball a ton. He doesn't strike out as much as you'd think. He still walks at a good clip. Yeah, I mean, like that whole the whole Ranger squad, it's been a pleasant surprise over there. David says, miss being with the boys tonight. Wish, hey. we, could say, wish we could say it was the same, David. <laughs> Just kidding. It's all love over Family here, man over there. Jesus. Grow yeah. up. Yeah, we, we missed that. <laughs> Let's talk about Lords Goriel, uh, my guy from last year who maybe is one year too late. Last seven games, 455, 586, 1.045 on the triple slash. I had to bring out the points because we're getting into the four digits now. And he's giving you some power with four home runs, six RBIs, 10 runs, seven to five walk to strikeouts. 
And over the weekend, 727, like video game numbers, and he's raised his batting average from 265 to 310, the OPS from 685 to 885. Now, this was a guy that I was really high high on last year. He only played 121 games, and the Blue Jays obviously wanted to move on offensively. But I'm liking what I see. Career low, 16.4K percentage. The walk percentage is up a career high, 82 And he finally has a full-time playing position. Now, I know the Diamondbacks offense isn't as good as the Blue Jays at full capacity, but he's only played hundred more than 120 games twice. He really hasn't had the playing time. If you go to baseball, Savant, the numbers back it up, 80th percentile, hard hit percentage, uh, whiff percentage in the 86th percentile, K percentage in the 82nd. I mean, he just seems like a good overall hitter. Am I wrong? I don't I, I he's been great this year. I, I was hesitant because of how many outfielders they have in Arizona. I thought he, he his draft position always looked too good because I wasn't sure. But he's gotten the run and he's been breaking as of late. Uh, I wish I had him in more spots because his draft price was not that high at all. You essentially got him free this year. Pretty much, yeah. I think he was my seventh outfielder in TGFBI, and he's been a you know starting every single day. He's bad, and what is he? He's fifth on the lineup almost every single day. Um, yeah, another pleasant surprise there. But and you were you were big on him last. You said yeah. You already said you were huge. Yeah, that was my year. guy last year. Minimal shares this year, um, and last year, as Forrest brings up, he was second base eligible. And I don't think any of us really thought that the Diamondbacks would demote Jake McCarthy as quick as they did. So no. um, not, that's that's a really, you know, kind of good point. Uncle Ted Talks joining us and JJ Day is a top bat to add. So let's go to some pitching now. Bailey Ober and a guy that's going to be in the rotation probably the rest of the year with Tyler Molly undergoing Tommy John surgery. The last three starts, 18-point win innings, 10 hits, two earned, six walks, and 16 Ks. You love the ratio. And when you look at last year and this year, between 14 starts, a 2.66 ERA, a 101 whip. The strikeout's not as encouraging with an 8-to-1 Ks per nine. But, I mean, ratio-wise, he's doing pretty well for you. So what are your thoughts on him the rest of the season? I have Bailey Ogre. Remember, um, no, I, <laughs> I have him. Um, I picked him up in Glarf. I have him in my uh, in a twelve and a ten team league. I am all in. Yeah, the, the strikeouts won't be there. A little under um, a K per inning, but um, he's going to be a innings eater, man. And if you're in a quality starts league, he's he's got two in a row already. He looks really really good. He's not walking people at all. Two point nine x ERA, and you already said Tyler Miley, TJ uh, Kenta Maeda's hurt. He's going to have a spot from here on out. So hopefully you already got him in the 10-team league. I would scoop him up too. No, and, and that's a good point. The only thing that con- that worries me is he's a contact pitcher. And with the shift gone, I think that's going to – the even though the 2.9 XERA is there, I wonder how long that's sustainable. I would like to see him have a little bit more swing and miss material. But – you know yeah, what? I don't know if that will ever be in the cards. I mean, his chase rate's in the 84th percentile, so he, he does have that, that ability to move the ball in and out. But as long as he keeps his walks down, which they're, they're, uh, last year it was a 4.8 walk percentage, now it's up to 8.8. So he's got to get back down to that 5, 6 percentage, and then he'll be okay. Okay. You know, Marty, when you say a pitcher is okay and he was a two-start pitcher, 
you have me. Um, you have me settled. Appreciate the love for saying that this is a great pod. And yeah, tell Elon to uh, to help the algorithm work a little bit more in our favor. And I do agree. Dane Dunning is dope. That is David's alter ego that we will explain one day on this show. Let's talk about a guy that is taking the fab by storm foreshadowing, and that's Yuri Perez getting called up. He's making his debut this week. And when we look at his numbers in the minors this year, 31 innings, 15 hits, a 2-3-2 ERA, but that K rate, almost 36%. You compare that with a 7.7 walk rate and his fastball. I mean, you know, we used to talk about Joel Zamaya being the only guy that could reach 100. It seems like it's almost a given now, but it's not something to bash an eye at because he can reach triple digits and has a great complement to Great changeup to complement that. And on top of it, he can't even sip alcohol legally. So, Elsie, I said a lot, but what do you like about Yuri Perez? Sing it with me. Here I go again on my own. We w- we've been waiting for the next uh, next pitching prospect to come up, and he's already here. It didn't even take a week. I like Yuri Perez. I think this guy might be one of those that uh, – that stays up the whole season and is one of the better ones. Although with how he's throwing, uh, it's always a crap shoot. You never know what a rookie pitcher is going to do, but I love the strikeouts. Uh, I'm going to quote Lance Brozdowski's tweet here. Three pitches with 40 plus percent swing and miss three pitches with an under 200 X Woba. Um, so with three potential plus pitches, plus the fact that he's been going about five innings to start in the minors, he he has a chance to be an actually effective full-time pitcher. And he's not someone who would necessarily have to get, you know, go four innings or he could get you those wins. The Marlins aren't going to get a ton of wins themselves, but I really like the strikeouts. I really like the stuff. I, I think he's going to go for a lot of money. We'll see how he does tomorrow uh, against Cincy. I have no way that I can link these two, but I just got Sixto Sanchez flashbacks, a young arm that can oh, no. throw a hundred that is very hyped up that went for a lot in fab. Now, hopefully knock on wood, he is nothing like Sixto Sanchez after his first year, just from an injury perspective. But I don't know why that's the first thing that came up, but well, I would say this, at least the Marlins organization likes Perez because they gave him that that little intro video, you know, where they 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 taped him being promoted, you know, and they put that on their social media. They hate Sixto Sanchez. They don't like that guy at all. So yeah. I think they believe in him. It'll it'll be interesting to see if he ever pitches again because that's a name that dropped out pretty quickly. And he was a guy second year was going very high in redraft leagues. But to finish out, let's talk about Louis Varlin from David's twins. The last three starts. 16.2 innings pitched, eight or, hits, eight earned, five walks, and 20 Ks. He's faced the Yankees, the White Sox, and the Padres, so no cakewalk there. 14% swing and strike rate across those three starts, and he's only allowed one base hit in the last start after four home runs the first two starts. I like Louis Varland. He's someone I'm a little bit cautious of. When you look, he has a 4.32 ERA. The expected ERA is 5.06. Gives up a lot of hard contact. When you look at the baseball savant page, it's not a Mr. Freeze, but it's getting chilly in here. The hard hit percentage, 35th percentile, barrel percentage in the ninth percentile. And there's not a lot of speed variance between his pitches. 95 on the fastball, 90 90 on the cutter, 
85 change, 84 slider. I, me personally, I don't like when there's little variance because I think it doesn't fool hitters as well. But once again, with Tyler Molly on the IL for the rest of the year, he might be somebody that is going to get that rotation spot that will go every fifth day and might not have the price tag that some of these other prospects do in terms of a fat perspective. I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty much owned in your deep leagues and he's been, but he's been pitching well. I mean, and Minnesota's had a lot of luck with their pitching development this year. They've had a lot of progress. I should say not luck. They've, they've had a lot of good results. Look what they've done to Pablo Lopez. I mean, no, no, no. We're starting to see regression in Pablo Lopez. No Pablo Lopez on this show. I'm going to mute you. It's not true. <laughs> you can't mute me. Can I, I you mute want, me? I do. I, 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 we can try. Tony Real. I do want to go back to the 6-0 Sanchez because I just think it's interesting we haven't talked about him probably most shows in a long time. Um, you know, having having problems with the strikeouts but was getting good weak, con, or weak, con tech, weak contact that says weak content. Um, and that he's learning the R.A. Dickey knuckleball as we speak. What? So he's a guy that's had two shoulder surgeries, too. I mean, you know, at what point I, I think this is the route that he goes. Um, you know, Marty and I had Stephen Wright on a couple of years ago and a couple uh, Tommy John and a shoulder injury. And he had to go the knuckleball route. And fortunately, he learned from Wakefield. But it'll be interesting to see if Sixto can kind of transform his career. Um because Forrest makes a good point. A lot of pitchers maybe do have a short peak, which makes you realize, you know, just how tough it is to be an elite pitcher for a long period of time. But good talk about our WOW players. And we are going to go to cheesecake section, which is bring out your dead. Bow, now, now, now. Bring out your dead. Thank you, everyone, for writing in. I we had a lot of submissions this week for bring out your dead. Personally, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a few people in there. Uh, um, Noah Syndergaard is dead, and I have uh, ten earned runs week uh, on my roster from him to uh, to prove it. That was two weeks ago, uh, but Syndergaard potentially dead now um, with a bloody finger. Uh, we'll see what happens. He wasn't submitted. He's someone who I want to die because of that 10 earned run week he put on my roster. But uh, we'll see who, who you guys wanted to, to, to die or to put on the, on the, on the cart. We got a lot of, a lot of submissions this week. The most popular uh, submission was Lance Lynn this week. Lynn submitted by one Marty who said he sat him. But uh, which was tough, and I didn't sit him. It broke Lance, my heart. It absolutely oh. broke my heart to see Lance Lynn at Kansas City and me being like, "Dude, I don't think so." And I sat him, and it felt it felt so good when he blew up. And um, he blew up right away. Four earned in the first instantly, that's man. That's tough. Yeah, and also uh, Lance Lynn was brought up by Tim Wyatt and Tom Golda, who uh, who both had had their troubles. Lynn, of course, pitching to a seven point. 5-1 ERA. Yikes. There are some believers still out there. His underlying his underlying uh, numbers, his underlying skills, his strikeouts are still there. Boy, he's got a lot digging to get out from this 7.51 and 1 ERA and 1.60 whip. But uh, 
Lynn's a tough one. Lynn's a tough one. I think I, I think it's tough to say what to do with him. Um, Tom Golda, who suggested Lynn, also brought up Alec Manoa and Kyle Schwarber. Manoa just he doesn't look like the same pitcher. He's not giving you even close to the results. Uh, it's a tough one. You know, Manoa is it's a good team, but you never know what you're going to get from him. He's putting together a season of a 4.83 ERA, but his whip even higher than Lynn's, 1.66. Grayson Rodriguez suggested by uh, Darren Nola. Grayson, you know, I feel that pain about Grayson. I have him on my bench, and he finally has a good day. He had a two-earn run outing with 5Ks against Tampa Bay this week. And I sat him because – I didn't. I'm not going to pitch him against Tampa Bay. I said him too. Our I, yeah. yeah, same thing. Yep. And it's maddening. Grayson, you know, uh, Darren Ola talks about how he was not what he was promised to be, and I was one of these persons out here touting his name. I thought he had the potential to be that high strikeout and low inning guy, kind of like a poor man's Spencer Strider type of rookie season. And I still think he has the talent, but he hasn't put it together. It's one beginning here. It's it's a little bit of command issues there. And, uh, you know, that's led up to a 5.08 ERA um, and a 1.54 whip. Very tough. Another pitcher brought up, David, bringing up his, his stream in a Wade Miley. Dude, how can he drop something like that, that he – played Wade Miley this weekend and just walks away and doesn't show up to the show. How <laughs> dare he? Like, what the hell? How do you, why, how desperate do you got to be to play Wade Miley in any league? I, I have tried saying for years to not trust Wade Miley. And we called him a porn director from yep, the porn yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and David and David still <laughs> thinks it's okay to stream him. It's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is a time bomb waiting to go off. You in think your hands. Gonna happen. So that's a time bomb. And, uh, Another pitcher brought up, uh, Chad Martin brought up Blake Snell. Did you guys see that video of him not knowing what WRC Plus was? Blake Snell has become one of my most favorite baseball players of all time. The man is absolutely hilarious. He doesn't care about that at all. He talks about the pitch clock. He's like, he's like, I don't even know what I'm doing out there. He's like, I can never get comfortable. And so like, I don't expect his ERA or any for him to keep improving because he is not comfortable on that mound. One of the funniest players in baseball. Get that guy uh, behind the mic more often. Oh yeah, and when he was when he was out there, and he ended up not knowing what WRC plus was. I think that same interview, he's hit. He's being he's being interviewed, and Juan Soto hits an RBI triple, and he's going nuts. And it's lost and it's, it. it was yep. he lost it. It was fantastic. Like you said, he's funny. He had he he complained about the uh, two throwover rule as well. Um. You know, of course, Snell, one of, one of the great characters in the game, but uh, his pitching has not been up to that draft position, and everyone's uh, wishing on a 2018 repeat. Doesn't look like it's going to happen this year. A lot of hitters brought up. Jesse Winker brought up again. That's a Badu. That's the third time Winker's been brought up. I think Winker's just a drop. He's just a drop. No home runs this year. Uh, also brought up. By uh, one Slopopotamus, <laughs> great great name, brought up Carlos Correa and Teoscar Hernandez, two guys who just have not been producing five home runs and seven home runs for them. They got a little bit of power. They're not they're not killing you on the power, but the runs and RBIs 
poor. The batting average, 215 and 189. Correa, 189 still. I want to ask real quick because I almost made this a Twitter poll. Um, who would you rather have rest of season, Teoscar Hernandez or Jared Kelnick? Teoscar. Kelnick. See what I'm saying? Yeah. I think Teoscar's going to turn it around. He's had flash. I would admit. I would imagine. I mean, yeah, the the hard hit rate's still there. Um, just playing every day and everything. I mean, you know, it's there. But man, See, Seattle's just not clicking on all cylinders yet. I, no, I think no, they're, they're underperforming as Jesse a team, Winter. and obviously he's a big part of it. But yeah. I, I think I think summertime they get hot. I think you stream against Seattle now. They haven't been hitting anybody, um, so they've been producing good results. Julio they're not scary. The lineup. Yeah, yeah. There's Julio's. Yeah. They're not scary to, to pitch against. All those acquisitions, Eugenio, they're just not scary. Uh, I think you, I don't think, I don't really need to be a great pitcher to go against Seattle not right now. Uh, also brought up uh, Schwarbaum, Schwarbs. Rough, rough. I really was in on Schwarber, um, really liked him a lot. Hitting 187. But with Schwarber, the power's still there. He has eight already. That's a pretty good pace. He keeps that up for the season. Uh, that's about a 40 home run pace, a little under 40 maybe. That's pretty darn good, 30, 35 to 40. But that batting average has to come up. At least you know Philly's going to keep running him out there. Gunner brought up hitting 175. Oh, my gosh. This is – this is this – is this the third time? Is this Gunner's Badu week as well? We got a couple Badus this week. No, no, nah, nah, let's not run it for Gunner yet. I, I saw the game yesterday. He got robbed on a couple hits. All right. Yeah, yeah. He's. I think. I think he's going to be all right. But he's. He's going to strike out a lot. You know that about Gunner. Abreu brought up. I mean, Jose Abreu. It's this is. This is rough. I might have never been more wrong on a player in my life than I was about Jose Abreu this year. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, gosh, the guy doesn't have a home run. He's hitting like 211. Um, He looks old. He he doesn't even trim that facial hair. Like, (laughs) it's Jesus. I mean, if I could have not been more wrong, I'm eating the biggest slice of regret pie for just Absolutely. getting so much. And I know it's barely May, but still, we're jumping to conclusions. He does not have a home run. Stephen Kwan has a home run before him. Oh Christopher my gosh! Morrell, Christopher Morel in his first game up had more home runs than Jose Abreu does this year. I mean, if if we're talking in terms of a metaphor. Abreu, the the beep is not beeping anymore. It's just that beep, and we got to call in. You know, get get the get the stat cart in. So here. he's a flatliner. He's flatlining right now. We need to get in some. We need to get someone in here to to kickstart his heart. Um, Abreu to give him is another the equivalent moment. of fake shoes. Fake shoes? I'm not going to say fake Jordans because that would be a compliment. He's like he's like knockoff Reeboks. Well, uh, speaking of Jordan, Jordan Walker also brought up. This is the tough one. Jordan hitting 274. He's actually hitting, but they sent him down for his defense. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. Now we got Cardinals are lost, dude. They don't know what the hell they're doing. Well, that that manager there is is just swinging from the hip with with what he's putting out in the public. You know this this Wilson Contreras stuff. Keep it in house. I mean, keep it in house. What are you doing? Um, so going in with everyone who was uh, who was brought up, 
I think the drops easy. Winker and Miley are easy drops. I'd understand dropping Abreu. I'd even understand dropping Lynn and definitely Jordan Walker if you don't have room. I'd understand a Lynn drop. I I picked him off in at, a fifteen team league. For Lynn, no, no, okay, I don't think okay, I, okay. I wouldn't drop him in a fifteen. But Got in it. a twelve, okay. I think I think in a twelve, you know, you you know, I'd like to sit him if I could till he gets right. But uh, but it's tough, you know. I I'd understand him, and and then the the can you really drop? Can, outfield is so thin. Can you really drop Tay Oscar? Shortstop, can you really drop Correa? Scherzer, Grayson, and Snell and Manoa. Can you really drop any of those guys? I I don't think so. And I don't think Gunner and Schwarber are drops yet. But you know, this is there this is an art. It's not a science. You know, there's no certain point where like a ding 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 goes off. Now's the right time to drop. So it's a feel thing. Uh for me, I'm carrying Winker's Winker's a bad dude. He he's been He's rotting in the grave already, but uh, I'm going to take the rest of these. And if you want them on, I'll take them away. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. I'll, I'll watch for my tweet next Wednesday. I'll, I'll get as many of you in as I can. Make sure you follow Art on Twitter at ArtTPF. He puts it out every Wednesday to find out who's been causing you pain and stress in a game that we play for fun and money. Looking at the most added this week, courtesy of CBS, Bryce Miller beginning at plus 65%, 84% rostered on the year. Matt Mervis getting called up, and even though he's been cold, up 32%. Ezekiel Duran, Michael King, potential new closer for the Yankees. Bailey Ober, Lord Scoriel, Jason Adam, new closer for the Rays, and J.P. France, who looked good in his debut, up 25%. And then the flip side, most dropped. Luis Garcia down 49%. Crazy still rostered in 46%. I'm guessing that's dynasty leagues or people not checking their team. He's undergoing Tommy John. Vaughn Grissom down 23%. Johan Oviedo after two rough starts getting dropped 22% of leagues. Matt Strom now to the bullpen down 19. Jose LeClerc, Gavin Stone, Joey Gallo, and Jack Flaherty to round out the list. And now to go to my favorite section. And that is Marty's two start pitchers. Take it away, Tallman. I really missed the soundboard. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, two start pitchers coming up here. As always, we start with the no doubter. Where is Gwen, Marty? Gwen has Where? been removed. I had extra time, and I just like George Kirby a lot, so I really wanted to um, make the graphic there. So if you're with us on YouTube, you'll see that Gwen is not there. She's there in spirit, as always. But... uh. There's a beautiful a photo of Mr. George Kirby. So starting with your no doubters, and this is going to be, or um, sorry, your two-star pitchers from May 15th through the 21st. Number one, Shohei Otani at Baltimore versus Minnesota. Clayton Kershaw, he's back. Minnesota at Cardinals. Justin Verlander, he's back as well at Washington versus the Guardians. Shane Bieber at the White Sox at the Mets. Framber Valdez versus the White Sox versus Oakland. Zach Wheeler at the Giants versus the Cubs. Kevin Gosman versus the Yanks versus Baltimore. And George Kirby, as already mentioned, first time ever in the must-starts at Boston versus Atlanta. It's going to be tough, but I'm giving him the nod. Okay, I, uh, Marty, I, I disagree right away. And I'm, I'm What are we doing? Glad. Good, good. I've been chomping at the bits. Shane Bieber is a should start. Okay, when you look at the metrics, 
Yes, his ERA is 2.61. His expected ERA is 4.57. Ks per nine at a career low, 6.79. Walks at a career high outside the shortened, it's like this was 2021. He he is just due for a blow up. Potentially, yeah. When you actually look at his, because I watched his last two starts, um, every part of it. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the velocity is down. But he finds a way, man. He chips at the corners. He's playing mind games with these with these hitters, and he's going against the White Sox. They're the twenty second um, ranked uh, WRC plus first righties, and then the Mets as well, right? So they're a top ten team. So that one's going to be a little tough. Yeah, I can see. He, there's nothing that blows you away with Shane Bieber. He's been doing this for this long, and um, I have him in uh, two leagues, and he's been great all year. Doing it this long, this is like his third. He's got a Cy Young in 2020. It's 2022. What does this guy got to do? I'm Marty. I can name you probably a couple people that had one really good year for a Cy Young candidate. Um, But but yeah, five straight before last game against the Tigers where he struck out nine. And I know that because I lost a bet. Five Five straight games of four strikeouts against teams like the Marlins and the Nationals. Yeah, I mean his strikeout stuff just—it's not as long as you're right as now. long as you're conceding, he's a should start. I'm fine. No, he's a must start in every league. There's no doubt about it. Definitely uh-huh. a must start. Shane Bieber, we love you, buddy. Popping over to the should starts, we're gonna go with Nathan Avaldi at uh, versus the Braves versus Colorado. Pablo Lopez, your boy, at the Dodgers at the Angels. It's gonna be a tough West Coast trip, but I'm believing in Pablo Lopez. Uh, Merrill Kelly. I have him in many leagues. He's been fine. He's. I would normally put him as a risky business, but at Oakland, at Pittsburgh, that's two pretty good starts. If you have him, you, you got to start him pretty much. Uh, Jose Lazardo versus the Nationals at the Giants. And last, Josiah Gray at Miami versus Detroit. All right, I want to ask you, what do you got? You look, you look like you're ready to say something. I think <laughs> Lizardo has been very frustrating for me. I've I I I didn't uh, I sat him this week as well, and he pitched very well, but he's been so inconsistent, giving up the runs, uh, giving up runs, and only going like four under five innings. Uh, Lizardo has been very frustrating for me. I I you can't drop him. There's too much talent, but he's not getting. He's he hasn't been producing the results lately enough. That I sat him and it bit me in the butt because he pitched really well and I think I had someone who got blown up out there. So that's like my he, he burns <laughs> you on a personal level. That's what it's very like. personal, <laughs> very personal. Uh, well, and, and to play into your point, so he's going um, against the Nationals, who are actually above average versus lefties. They have a 109 WRC plus versus lefties this year, and then Detroit, who's one of the worst teams in baseball. So. Uh, or I'm sorry, um, San Francisco. It's been uh, fine as well. So yeah, I could see he could be. Yeah, we could we could maybe move him over to risky business. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I like but that not San Francisco. Sorry, I like that San Francisco lefties, righties. There, San Francisco's tough against, but not lefties. Right, lefties twenty sixth and WRC plus at eighty two. So they're um, one, yeah, the fifth worst team uh, versus uh, versus lefties. So we'll see. All right, moving over to risky business. Jordan Montgomery versus the Brewers versus the Dodgers. Hunter Green at Colorado versus the Yanks. Ooh, Cody Senga, 
versus the Rays versus Cleveland. I actually um, I have a, a head-to-head matchup in one of my leagues, and I texted my opponent, and I said, I have a feeling that Cody Singh is going to blow up my ERA today. And he immediately gave up four runs to the uh, the Cincinnati Reds in Cincinnati. So um, it, it's been tough to roster him, but I mean, I, I, I'm holding him, especially in anything bigger than a 12-team league. But I wanted more from Senga. Uh, Alec Manoa versus the Yanks versus Baltimore. Lance Lynn versus the uh, versus Guardians versus Kansas City. I could see you, you sitting. Uh, I sat Lynn last week. It's a double. It's two starts, so I'm more inclined to start him. But that could be even like double trouble, right? You could absolutely blow up your uh, ratios twice. So uh, extremely risky. Seth Lugo versus the Royals versus Boston. Domingo Herman at, Tor- at Toronto at Kansas City. I don't know what to think of Domingo Herman. I would. Love, do you guys have any thoughts on him? Like, I don't know. The K percentage is there. The numbers are backing him up. But then you get into the sticky stuff thing, and then he's got at the Blue Jays, at the Reds. Those are two terribly tough matchups. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean, Marty, I'm kind of in the same thing with you. Like, he looks really good one start, and then he gets at – and this isn't just this year. This has been, like, over time. But, like, I don't know, man. I feel like – and we're any day now that he's going to get busted for PEDs. <laughs> I mean, we're the first guys. <laughs> until until that comes through, though, Doc. What do you think? <laughs> he's done it prior. <laughs> What's that? He's done it prior. Is that true? Oh, um, and you know, maybe I'm getting it confused with Pineda, but I mean, mm. he's he's been caught with the the. St- I don't know, man. Four point one seven I think Domingo Herman is a sell-high candidate, like, honestly. I would agree with that. 88th percentile and whiff percentage, the K percentage and the 76th percentile. He's not walking that many batters. But, yeah, I just don't know. What to, honestly, I just don't know what to do with him. I don't have him in any league, so I haven't had to worry about it. But um, when I look at his numbers, they're kind of puzzling. And then the rounded out with risky business, Grace, Grayson Rodriguez versus the Angels at Toronto. Two, uh, two tougher matchups there. And then the last – Take a seat, uh, Doc. Who, who's the uh, who's the picture of in the uh, in the take a seat here this week? I mean, it's Jack Flaherty, the most handsome man in baseball. <laughs> Jack Flaherty, man, he looks devastated in this photo, and it's for uh, for right reason. He talking about uh, puzzling stat lines, but uh, anyway, take a seat this week. I will not play these pictures under any circumstance. Eric Lauer at the Cardinals at Tampa Bay. Noah Syndergaard versus Minnesota at the Cardinals. Jack Flaherty versus Milwaukee versus the Doyers. Sean Manaya versus Philly versus Miami. Nick Pavetta versus the Mariners at San Diego. Jamison Tyone at Houston at Philly. Brad Keller at San Diego at the White Sox. Johnny Brito at Toronto at Cincinnati. Yanni Chirinos at the Mets versus, versus Milwaukee. Griffin Canning at Baltimore versus Minnesota. Dean Kramer versus the Angels at Toronto. Patrick Corbin, your boy, Doc, versus the Mets, versus the Tigers. He actually I hasn't been as bad. I know. I have I, I have him in, um, what is that, uh, First, maybe a first, one of our DCs that we're in. And I haven't started him, but I see like six innings, two earned runs. Here, here's the thing I've noticed is teams are letting bad pitchers just go super long. Doesn't matter if Corbin gives up six earned in the first out or in the first inning. They're letting him go six regardless. Like Rich Hill. Rich Hill can yeah. get hit in the first, and they'll let him go on. Like all these old vet pitchers, they're like, screw you. We're getting our money. I think like the run environment is so wacky right now that if you're pitching halfway decent, they're not going to take you out because they don't know what to expect. So 
We'll see how that measures up over the rest of the summer. And then rounding out the take a seats with Kyle Mueller uh, versus the Arizona at Houston. Then Connor Siebel versus Cincinnati at Texas. Oh, Dan Dunning. Dan Dunning is a two-star pitcher almost every week, according to Uncle Ted Talks. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, is, is he having a two-star week? He I was low. So. Yeah, maybe. Who, who, who's he playing? I, th- I feel like we did this last week with Dan Dunning. He didn't get the two. You were right on the two starts last week. I wanted to point that out. It was Gray and Heaney, I think. Uh, and Dunning didn't get the – because Gray didn't go on the IL as 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 some, some suspected. Or, uh, but Dunning, Dunning went on Wednesday, pitched pretty well. I think six yeah. innings, two earned runs. So he might Wednesday usually lines you up for a two start the next week. So he's yeah okay. He will have he probably will have a two start because he goes versus the Braves on May fifteenth, which is definitely a sit for me. Yeah. I don't know who the um, I don't have the Rangers schedule already for me. He's a he's risky business at best. But I just I don't play Dan Dunning. I'm just I don't need to. You know, Dane Dunning, not for me. Wow. Okay, Marty. Those are your take seats. You, I, just, I, you just act like you're better than Dane Dunning. Okay, yeah, that's fine. He's Dane a major Dane. league pitcher, and you're in sales. <laughs> Dane Dunning is Colorado. <laughs> is so if Cindergard is on the IL and they bring up Gavin Stone, what do you think? Would you start Stone if Cindergard doesn't? Before I answer, they need to get a section. If he ever does become good, it could become the stoned section where all the stoners <laughs> go sit in left field in in, uh, in Dodger Stadium as the stoners because he's that good. Um, but no, I'm staying away for now. Okay. Okay. Just thought because I I know I know Cindergard so. had a bloody finger issue that took him out of the game yesterday, where he only had through one inning. I was like. Yeah, I, I saw the box score and I was like, "Why did he only throw one inning?" And if his he was bleeding like crazy. But he knows his body, so he doesn't need to go undergo MRIs. And Uncle Ted brings up a point: it could be Bobby Miller over Stone, but we know that he's a big Dane Dunning guy. That's his ride or die. There <laughs> it is. So good stuff as always, Marty. Even Thank if you. Uh, you were wrong about Shane Bieber going to take a trip to the doctor's office next got to show that great picture and wow that just makes me realize i'm overdue for a haircut for those that can see on the youtube so looking at my players from last week oh and one so two no decisions 15.1 innings 3.58 era 1.19 whip 19 k's not bad not bad so looking at this week we're going to roll with patrick sandoval who's owned in slightly less than 46% of ESPN leagues. The K numbers are down, but we have seen the upside this season as he's had five plus and three out of the seven outings. No walks allowed in two out of his last three games. And when you look at his last three outings, he has three, that's a lot of threes, over the 18.1 innings. And if we're just staying on the thing with threes, that's the amount of home runs he's allowed this season. In three dash seven, 37 innings, Facing the Guardians, who have 19, which is last in MLB. So if the Guardians get to him, it seems like it's going to be them hitting around because he hasn't been walking, guys. So it's pitching a contact. Next, we're going to look at Bryce Miller, who's owned in 40% of ESPN leagues. This and is cheating. Come on, man. How is this cheating? <laughs> How is he only owned in 40% of ESPN the, leagues? The variance that Bryce Miller is owned in 84% of CBS and 40% of ESPN leagues is astonishing. Maybe there are those 10 team leagues that um Marty uh that Marty plays in, but 
Look, both outings. I will never, six. ever play on an ESPN league. Yahoo till I die. But no, no one checks their ESPN rosters. That's what it comes down to. It's either it's oh, 10 wow. team leagues or people just you know draft their team and they never touch it again. You it's know, not for, for the those, diehards. For, for those people that are paying attention to this podcast, he's available probably in your league on ESPN. It's gone six innings in both outings, a 15 to one K to walk ratio. That's excellent command. And he faces the Tigers who have been playing better. Marty, I want to give them their kudos, but still 132 runs scored, which is second lowest in the AL. And I also want to bring up a point because there are some leagues like this. I was talking to a guy the other day and he said in my redraft league, as soon as Bryce Harper was activated off the IL, somebody offered him a trade, Bryce Harper for Lance McCullers, and he smash accepted. So there are some leagues like that out there, okay? Lance McCullers? He wanted he offered Bryce Harper as soon as he got activated off the IL for Lance McCullers. Oh my God. So Good there are game. there are leagues like this where maybe people don't pay attention. Yeah, and those could be our listeners, our viewers. I mean, the, the league mates who did not if if there was that is a vetoable trade. If ever that's I, what I that's what I vetoable said. trade. But the guy proposed it, which makes it even worse. It's not like the guy tried to swindle him. He no, literally he woke up. Bucks. That's what he did. He said, "Hey man, I'll give you you know I'll give you thirty bucks. Give me Harper. You know I'm not paying attention to this." <laughs> exactly, and the guy Who from does, uh, Miller play next, uh, Doc. Does he play Friday uh, tomorrow, or is he Saturday or Sunday? I believe he's Saturday against the Titans. Okay, no worries if you don't know. The only reason I say that is because I'm going to the game tomorrow to get some Ooh. Julio Rodriguez action. Yeah, Saturday. Subtle brag. Subtle brag. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. But staying with the Tigers, Matthew, bring out your dead because the acronyms stand for Boyd. Owned in 4.8 percent of ESPN leagues. And we touched on it earlier how the Mariners are struggling, but they're struggling harder against lefties, batting 193 on the season. That's just awful. And last time Matt Boyd was out, no walks, which is the first time in 2023. And the pitch count is getting up there. 87, his last outing, he's working it up. You imagine the confidence is at an all-time high. I didn't want to just give you all softball answers. Who's telling you to stream Matt Boyd? I'm putting my reputation on the line. I love it. I had to do it for you, Marty. No, I appreciate it. No, he's been a lot better. The the Tigers offense has been world. I just, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but it's fun to watch him win. As long as they win under 70 games. Uh, Question, Gosman and Horner for Gonsolin and Turner. I'll take the Gosman and Horner. Yeah, I want Gosman and Horner. Justin Turner, which Turner? Miles Turner. That's what I'm thinking. Justin Turner. Kevin Turner, Trey Turner. Turner. <laughs> oh, oh, it does change if it's Trey Turner. Oh, it can't be. Oh, Horner. Yeah, it can't, if it's Trey Turner, you got to be Trey Turner and Gosling. You got to hold. It. No, it is. It is. I, I'm still going the Gosman and Horner, but it's close. No, I'm keeping wow. Trey. Yeah, I'm keeping Trey Gosling though. You know, I, 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 he's been shaky. He's been shaky. Yeah, I, I just don't see him. To him getting close to the amount of innings that he had last year. I think Gonsolin is due for serious regression. And the, and the strikeout stuff has never been there. He's been a guy that pitches to contact. And he's in a pretty good hitting division now. For so. the rest of the year, and this is just an overall theme that I have no science to base this on, other than pitchers are getting hurt at an all-time high. If I have an elite batter, I am holding. Because I feel like any pitcher could get hurt at any time right now. 
Mm-hmm. Besides Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's indestructible. Maybe not Garrett. But all right, all right. Now it's time for party time. It's a Marty party time. And Marty, who are the three people on the ballot to get invited to your party this week? Let me see here. Ah, yes. Starting with, let me, let me pull it. Am I, am I still echoing, Doc? You, still you, are, you are still echoing, Marty. Ooh, I don't know what's going on here. Let me see. Can I read the invites to your party? Okay. So Marty has Lamont Wade Jr. at Arizona, Jorge Soler facing Cincinnati, and Max Kepler facing the Cubs. So thinking about who's going to – or I want I always go first in this. Who are you thinking is not getting invited to Marty's party? This is a tough one because they've all been pretty hot. Um. Solaire hits him in bunches. I think, I honestly think it's going to be Kepler who's not invited, even though he's been hitting, swinging a good bat. He's just not playing all the time. What do you think, Doc? Yeah, you know, um, so I give answers that have nothing to do with actual performances, but Uh, that's part of the that's part of the segment. Yeah, I, I pick I pick the narrative, and you know I, I'm going Max Kepler for a couple reasons. First off, he plays in the same division as the Tigers, and I don't think Marty would want um, a, a rival going there. And I feel like the Twins are the Tigers' biggest rivals in that division. Um, also, he's Canadian. Marty doesn't want anyone um, from another. <laughs> Mar- Marty doesn't want any Canadians at his party. I'm just kind Which of is not true. I'm I'm kind of just looking at his face and just going off of what I think from that. Um, I would have Canadians in my party, but may- maybe Marty doesn't. And um, I I stamped like two years ago, I think Max Kepler is going to get busted with steroids and just can't have a cheater, <laughs> a potential cheater at the party. Those are very good guesses. Uh, and let's go through my analysis here. So starting with Lamont Wade Jr., San Francisco, first base and outfield eligible, 23% rostered in Yahoo Leagues, 98th percentile in ex-WOBA, He's walking 20.3% of the time, which is higher than his strikeout rate of only 19.5. He's slashing 260, 437, 531. He has seven home runs and 15 uh, 15 runs and 13 RBI. He's batting atop of the Giants lineup, and the Diamondbacks have the sixth worst pitching team in all of baseball. So I like Lamont for this weekend and moving forward until uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, number two, Jorge Soler. Uh, Miami outfielder, uh, 21% rostered, three games at home versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati, fourth worst pitching team in baseball. Solaire's batting second in the lineup. Max exit velocity and barrel percentage, true to roof, 96 percentile. And he's actually decreased his strikeout rate 2%. So um, not it's still it's still at 27%. So it's not like it's like, you know, below league average. But Solaire's looking a little bit cleaner there. And then the German, Max Kepler, Minnesota outfielder, 6% rostered. Three games versus your Cubs, LC, at home. Statcast page read across the board. He has six home runs and 113 plate appearances. But, 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 he left today's game with a leg cramp, which I found out after I made this and all the slides and everything like that, so I couldn't go back on it. So they said he's going to be fine. He said he should be available for the weekend. But I cannot have a guy coming to the party who's cramping up. 
You know what I mean? Especially it would if he's cramp drinking. your style. He's gonna he's gonna cramp my style. He's gonna, we're gonna be drinking. He's gonna be even more dehydrated. He's gonna he's gonna get even more hurt. I don't want that to happen. I love I love that David loves the twins. I want Max Kepler to be better. And I'm gonna say, Max, I know you're doing really well right now, buddy. But I'm gonna need you to stay home. I don't need you. You're not invited to the party. No, I, yeah, Marty. It's it's like I know. It's a, you don't even have to give the stats. And by process of elimination, I knew it wasn't Lamont Wade because you went through and put the junior period at the end. That's a lot of respect to show someone. <laughs> it's true. I um, <laughs> it's a, I, I copy and paste now, but um, yeah, it was um, you know, I wanted everyone to know that Lamont Wade Senior had a kid. Yeah, I mean, look, you mm-hmm. went. Not only did you spell his name correctly, but you went to the you went through that as the junior Marty. I just hope you never have any 19 or 20 year olds on this slide because I don't want you supplying alcohol to minors. I care about you. Don't want you being a lawbreaker. A couple might have slipped through the cracks. That's a good point. Uh, Perez isn't invited next week. If we did pictures. Um, Yeah. Those are the uh, Marty's party. Hope to see you there this weekend. Uh, Bring your own beer. All right. All right. BYOB to Marty's party. He ain't supplying anything. Nope. Been a good show so far, and we're going to do our second round table. And Art is leading us again. Art, yeah, what are we putting on our glasses, sipping our wines, taking a puff of cigar before coughing a lung up and discussing <laughs> this week? We are discussing uh, our best or worst, or maybe just our favorite or most interesting add and drops of the season so far. I think I want to start it off and talk about what I think is one of my most interesting moves. My 12-team on the wire league, one of my uh, 12-team leagues, I, I saw the opportunity to add a couple of catchers. I had I drafted Gabriel Moreno. I saw Shea Langoliers, and I saw Francisco Alvarez. So I I, I had at three all three of those catchers on my roster. Uh, of course, Langoliers and Alvarez were utility only when I added them. And I was, my thought was two of them. I'll, I'll do let them do get out for a little while. Eventually, I dropped Francisco Alvarez, and I thought that that was you know at the time I my my reasoning was Moreno. He's hitting three fifteen now. He was definitely a keep, but I thought Langoliers was a, a cinch for for more playing time, and uh, it was going to produce power. Alvarez has started to be a pretty much everyday player. I think that might be a drop that uh, that bites me. What do you guys think of the move picking up the three young catchers to see if two of them can uh, can grab your two catcher spots? I don't hate it. I mean, it's aggressive, but it's definitely contrarian. It was a, a 15-team league, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's perfectly no, fine. That was a 12. So that was a 12. 12 team? Eh. Why'd you do that? Well, I had I drafted uh, Moreno and Jansen. Okay, and I dropped Jansen for Langoliers. Okay, I and I picked up Alvarez because he was there to be picked up, and I was like, "Well, I see." Just just invite everybody, whoever throw it up against the wall, whoever sticks yeah, sticks. It was a Marty's party, and and I, like I and, and I called uh, I called I, I I kicked Alvarez out. I kicked out Cisco, and. Uh, I, I think I might have made the wrong call there, but it's it's too early. My my reasonings were were solid, at least in my mind. K 
Catch art is a uh, someone that's promiscuous with catchers. To put honestly. <laughs> that's very true. But uh, it didn't sound like you invested too heavily in catcher just across the board. So I think you kind of had that in the back of your head. Like this might I might need to be on top of this each week on Fab or see if someone breaks out because there's always a handful of catchers that no one drafted that does good enough to play in a twelve or you know in a twelve team league at least for a couple weeks. Uh, and we got I mean, we didn't even talk about Connor Wong, who yeah. you know has, has been doing well, but also was struggling at the beginning <laughs> of the season. I feel like that that's just what we've seen with catchers. Jonah Heim, you know, right now, who's the number one catcher in fantasy and was struggling at the beginning. And um I, I think it's something where even if a catcher has a week, week and a half hot stretch, you want to at least test the waters and see if it's something that it can keep up for a little bit longer. Yeah, I traded Jonah Heim for Fromber Valdez in a league. Wow, that's so, a good deal. Hey, that's a nice deal. Yes, sir. I'm trying to find something I own that's made of fleece because that's what you did. <laughs> fleece them. <laughs> Quality yeah. starts league too. Shout oh, out to it. Jeez, go ahead, Marty. Um, I I have an interesting one because it's a catch twenty two of going both ways, and that is Taj Bradley. Um, and Uncle Ted talks does correct that Sean Murphy is the number one. That's another person beginning the season. Everybody's wondering if he's going to platoon. What are they talking about? Um, And now he's hitting really well. Taj Bradley is interesting. I picked him up in multiple leagues. I picked him in our home league and I've been stashing him and I've been debating, but now stashing him for three weeks, I feel like I can't drop him because he helped me when he's three and oh, and he pitched well in all of his outings. The ratios are really good. So it's like, that's somebody that I can stash, and when he gets called up, has proven that he is a good, you know, SP4, maybe low-end SP3 if he puts up similar numbers. But it's the catch-22 because I spent over $200 in TGFBI on FAB for him, thinking that he was going to be the, the you know, call-up of the year, that the Rays would have him go in the rotation, and they sent him down after the first game, and then... Um, Eflin went on the IL, they brought him up and then they demoted him again. And I can't cut him in that league. It's a 15 team league. I spent more than 20% of my budget. So that's an awful pickup for me for the value I'm getting. But in my home league that I now am three and two in and with pitchers going down like flies, that could be somebody that is really good for me in July and August and is giving me quality innings. So when Art put that, that jumped to me right away, and and I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah, when, when the whole uh, the the fab fabapalooza happened with him, I mean, I, I I even said it's the Rays, man. Like at any time, I said it on the show, at any time they can send him him down for absolutely no reason, and there's just nothing you can do about it. But yeah, he's been absolutely great. I I was lucky enough to draft him in uh, the FPAS league, so in our DC. So I just happened to have him chilling on the bench. Um, but yeah, I think that's that question is like once you invest all of that fab money, if it's not, it's like a personal thing. Like, do you cut them? Like, how long do you wait? Because it feels like it's like personal. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, Uncle Ted, <laughs> we, we talked about, you know, it's only May 11th. There's, you know, the rest of this month, June, July, August, September. So like you're not cutting him. The Rays aren't going to have him in the minors the entire year. But it also now goes to how deep is your bench? Can you and, yeah. and in our home league, it's two. So he's one of the two guys that I have on my bench spot. So I'm having to be strategic from there. But Marty, what about you? Who's a who's an interesting ad drop guy you have? Uh, for me, it was the best pickup of the year for me was Will Smith for the Rangers. 
you know, just hearing Jose Leclerc, you know, and his velocity being down, his inability to, um, and just the Rangers um, uh, coach really liked Will Smith. You know, you hear all these little rumblings and everything like that. So I only spent like 20, 30 bucks for Will Smith in a fab league. And now he's got six, uh, he's got six saves. He's, a, he's the main guy here moving forward. Leclerc completely fallen out of favor. So that was a really good one. And then Jared Kelnick. I mean, I picked him up in a 12 team and a 10 team league. He's been absolutely incredible all year. So that one was pretty. I, everyone was just burned on him, so he was just sitting there on the on the on the wire after a couple weeks of doing really well. No one touched him. He was, had the scoop. I'm looking this up right now. So Art, um, Art, go ahead. I feel like the Texas Rangers have a guy, a new guy every season. That's their their closer. Like ever since Neftali Feliz, I feel like they haven't had a consistent guy year in year out. I I think that's probably right. If we go back in our in our memory, and I don't suggest we do it. It's it's torture, but uh, but I I wanted to bring up because Will Smith was someone who who I thought was one of my better pickups this season too. I got him in two of my fab leagues. I got him March twenty sixth, the very first fab period. Spent a total of twenty eight bucks to get him in two leagues, and I I did not play him when he got his. I wasn't I wasn't playing him, but I thought he was a nice stash just in case he started getting those saves. I've gotten five out of the six saves he's put up, and his ratios are good, 3.0 ERA, one whip. His strikeouts, he's averaging more than one per inning. Um, I don't care how long he keeps it up. He's given me good he's, – he's really helped stabilize my saves total in those two leagues. And, uh, you know, Will Smith has been fantastic. Um, he's someone who I really like. I, I Yeah, Marty. You and me, you and me. We're, we're, <laughs> well, I was gonna say on the opposite side of uh, relief pitchers, I you know I spent a lot of money on Michael Fulmer and Andrew Chafin. So you know that's that's the other side of the coin, right? Just hoping mm-hmm. to you know put some money on these guys and and hopefully they they turn around and they continue to be the saves guys. But saves are volatile as uh, as as forever. So yeah. Oh yeah, and and on that note, I got Will Smith in one league where I was outbid on Fulmer, and I had bid ninety one dollars. And so I, I was saved from losing 9% of my fab. And I, and so he was a backup bid. I got him for like 11 bucks in that league. It's beautiful. That makes it even better knowing that it was a, you know, it was your consolation prize for losing out on Michael Fulmer. Yeah. That's great. Let me ask you guys, is there a better feeling this year than if you took class a over Edwin Diaz or, um, you, somebody took Edwin Diaz first and class a leads the league in saves and, Edwin Diaz probably doesn't pitch this year. In FPAS, in TGFBI, and Glarf, I have Emmanuel Class A, and I chose him each time over Diaz. So, yeah, when that news hit, I was like, woo, I got lucky. Yeah, and it's so unfortunate because it's not even an arm injury. It's a celebration injury. Who was the guy who got injured? Kendrys Morales. Kendrys Morales. Where, yeah. where he, he was running or walking home on a walk-off. On a walk-off. And then he jumped home. and hit the base. Oh, yeah. Um, Brutal. Yeah. I, I'm going to touch on my bad one because I feel like I haven't had a lot of good transactions this year. I've done a lot of streaming. Um, it's Bryce Wilson. I And once again, I had him in multiple. Stupid me. I meant to do um, Bryce Elder and put a bit on him, and I put one on Bryce Wilson instead. Um, it does happen. And in ESPN, he's starting pitcher, relief pitcher eligible. And he's that perfect guy that, you know, will pitch maybe every two or three days. He'll get, we know, holds are worth points, saves are worth points. 
decent ratios. And I think I rostered him for two weeks and he pitched twice. And one of those times got me negative. And I'm always like, well, I can't drop him yet because he hasn't pitched in four days. So this will be the day he pitches. And then he doesn't. And I was like, well, no, this will be the day. And he doesn't. And so I eventually just got tired. I had to cut him. Bryce, Bryce Wilson, you're dead to me. You're not on bring out, you're dead, but you're dead. You're not even worth being on that segment. You're just dead. Yeah. You're you're so insignificant that you can't that you don't make this show till the hour four mark. Put that in, Marty, in the time codes. There we go. All right. One one oh four thirteen. Bryce Wilson dead. And, yeah. Uh, I, I wanted I wanted to be uh, I wanted to mention David's not here. Because he's been continually saying that none of us liked Brent Rooker and that he was the one who was on Brent Rooker. And I want to check when the first time he brought him up, because I was looking. I picked up Brent Rooker on April 16th. I think that was before David even put him on the rundown. So I I wanted to say that to his face. Where's David? Is he watching? David, where are you at? Show your face. Show your face. No, it wouldn't fit into David's narrative. That's why he's the host. He controls the how the conversation's going. When David's not here, we call it how it is. People know what don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, a couple things I want to close out with because uh, a couple people, Uncle Ted talks and force bring up a good point. First of all, do you think Ryan Presley is a buy low for a closer? I actually think it's the opposite. I think he's a sell high, but I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts. He, he's uh, if I have him, I'm looking to trade him, and if I don't have him, I'm avoiding him. My man, Marty, knew I always liked you. I I think he's I, there's a potential that someone might feel like they made the wrong choice with Presley, and you can get him for less than he's worth. I think he's going to get saves. He has six already, so it looks like they're 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 giving him most of them now. Whereas like a few weeks ago, they were screwing around with Abreu and. And uh, and um, Nerys Montero yeah. had a couple to begin the season. Yeah, and they're not screwing around with those guys as much anymore. They're also not having as many save opportunities. Mm-hmm. Way less than they have in years. And just a fun thing to finish out: closest comp to Kendrys Morales in 2023 is it Vlad? Wow, no. Uh, what, what about? I don't understand that. What what's the context? I'm of that? guessing body type, the the type of performance you can see, where slightly above league batting average, hits for some power. Um, I was thinking not going to steal any bases. Yeah, Telez was my first thought. Rowdy Telez. I think Carlos Santana from like three years ago. That's pretty good. Santana. Santana walks a lot. Yeah. I don't remember. I, I don't have a, a clear picture of of uh, of Kendrys's, uh profile. I remember him having a couple thirty home run seasons. I'd say that's a deep cut. I don't remember his stats off the top of my head. <laughs> All right, well, rounding out close to the hour ten mark. Appreciate everybody that tunes into the podcast, that watches these YouTube videos, whether we go live or you're watching the replay, that interacts with us on Twitter, not just myself, but Art and David and Marty. Fellas, before we get out of here for the night, anything you want to plug? Any last notes? Um, Just that I am currently number one overall in triple players ball. So (laughs) come at me, listeners, baby. Currently number one. Come see me in three months. Well, you know, don't worry about that. But as of right now, I'm number one, baby. 
Oh. Mm. Good, well, I mean, keep it in the family, but you know, I'm gonna come rob you to get those shoes back if you end up winning. <laughs> I'm gonna break into your place. Dusting off the mantle, baby. Yeah. <laughs> when you go, when Tyler wakes up, goes, someone robbed us. You know, oh, I was art. <laughs> he took his shoes back. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're if you're listening to this, hope that Marty or uh, Cheesecake don't win the triple players ball. Um, what we we want other people to win that aren't us, so that way we have something to work towards and can sharpen our skills. David, we'll be back next week, and we're going to have a great show with all of these great segments and these great personalities coming on. For Doc, for Cheesecake, for Marty, I'm going to steal David's tagline. We're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns. Good luck in week seven.